The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My family thinks I'm crazy. A podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I give them in a shady. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again <laughs> with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Bring us together around what? What do we do? We, we eat turkey, right? They yes. weren't fucking eating turkeys. You know, turkey's some code word for some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, it is. Black it Bill is. Ryan throwing some black pills in the <laughs> Dude, the, and we've all seen the turkeys in the bunkers packed full of turkeys elbowing each other to get a fucking big turkey. We shouldn't eat turkeys. Does anyone here actually enjoy turkey? I will gross. lick a turkey in the asshole. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> turkey is very good. I do it on the smoker. What we call crushing, and you can't fry a frozen turkey. Heated up turkey with like stuffing and shit. So I've got my pistol right next to me right here too. I mean, like, I'm the farthest thing from a pacifist. I, I'm a meat eater. I wish you guys knew just how plentiful turkeys are here. Oh, they're oh, massive. So many really turkeys. There's no turkeys out there before I let my pebbles outside. Ryan that would be a turkey massacre. <laughs> what did the turkeys ever do to you, Ryan? What did yeah, they Ryan change? Is <laughs> by a fucking, it's fucking turkey. You know, the turkey was actually favored by Ben Franklin to be the That's national bird. Which one Ben Franklin was a good looks guy. Like a turkey. One thing, glossing over the fact that a turkey raped my mother, which is the, the real reason that I don't oh. like turkeys. Okay, yeah. there we go. Oh. There we go. Never gonna be able to lick a turkey's asshole without thinking. You know what? Especially you, Brian. <laughs> it, it's so beautiful to see. I'm feeling a little drowsy. I did not eat any turkey, but I will be eating turkey. Hey, <laughs> gun ahead, gun ahead, turkey or prime rib? My dick fits inside of a only a Cornish hen, not oh a turkey. So the turkeys are a little too loose for me to fuck. I'm not saying that like we shouldn't fuck turkeys, but like it's just weird. You got mad at me for saying turkey's not good. Cause turkey is fucking good. That's, that's, that's the fuck a real one. issue. You know what? That's enough, Ryan. I'm fucking out of here. That's the line. That's the line. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Thanksgiving Extravaganza. And on today's show, I called in the A-Team, my A-Team of Alt Media United podcasters. That's right. Ryan Dean, Andy Rouse, Ron from New England, Jay Hennahan, and finally, my dog, Kyle Rainey from the Big Dumb Podcast. Shout out to all five of you. Thank you for being my friends. Thank you for being my podcast brothers in arms in the fight against censorship and the fight against the misinformation and propaganda and psyops. We are standing united with truth. So in honor of that and in honor of Thanksgiving, I decided to assemble my A-team of podcasters here for a round table on Thanksgiving. So enjoy your Thanksgiving wherever you are, whether you're in the United States or you're in another country and you never celebrated Thanksgiving, celebrate it for the first time with us. We all sat around our own tables and smoked a little smoke, drank a little drink. I had a headway, counterweight, local, local beer. And I had, uh, you know, my usual Mark special backwoods, sweet aromatic backwoods rolled up with the finest bud I can get my hands on. That's one hell of a way to spend Thanksgiving, if you ask me. How am I spending my Thanksgiving? Well, since I'm recording this in the future, and you'll be listening to it, hopefully on Thanksgiving, over to our, our Telegram, t.me slash myfamilythinksimcrazychat, where I'm going to be staying in touch with you guys on my Thanksgiving day and letting you know what's going on. If anything fun or crazy happens to Tara and I, we're going to put it in the Telegram. And we might even live stream. I might even post some videos there from my family and uh, see if they will back me up. See if they'll just call me crazy. Like usual, I'm used to it. And if you're used to it too, leave us a message at podinbox.com slash capital M-F-T-I-C. That's right, capital letters the acronym M-F-T-I-C, M-F-T-I-C. That stands for My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, of course, the name of this podcast and a true statement. And if that's true for you too, you're more than welcome to join us again on Telegram. But more importantly, the Patreon, patreon.com slash M-F-T-I-C. That's where you can get in touch with me directly. My patrons come first and... I'd like to see that patron audience grow. I've gotten some really, really awesome offers from some cool sponsors that are definitely not going to bog up the intros. And if you guys don't want to see those sponsors, if you don't want to see ads, then show me some love on Patreon. That's the only way that this show is going to stay ad-free. Now, I'm never, ever, ever going to do dynamic ads. I promise you that. There will never come a day when this show gets interrupted by ads. But if I have to read an endorsement during the introduction to make some paper because the folks uh, listening to the free podcast aren't showing enough love, well, that's what I'm going to have to do. You know, if the sponsors want to show me some love, then I'm going to have to turn towards the sponsors. But we do have a sizable patron community well past 
33. We're now at 37. So shout out to the recent group of patrons who joined in. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope all the listeners, especially the patrons, have a wonderful Thanksgiving this year, 2021. And if you're listening in the future, I hope your Thanksgiving is great this year as well. And you know what? Shout out to you for sticking with me. I put out so much content every week, and you guys, I'm sure, listen to it all, and I appreciate you. So don't be shy. Leave me a message in any of those places. Instagram works as well. Telegram is optimal. Patron is preferred. But either way, I'd love to hear from you, especially on Thanksgiving. So I hope this reaches you on your special day. And again, enjoy this conversation with the boys. Jay Hennahan, Ron from New England, Ryan Dean, Kyle Rainey, and Andy Rouse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Thanksgiving extravaganza. That's right, the third extravaganza that the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast has held. What is so extravagant? Well, we're going to get into that today. Thanksgiving is the topic, and I got four of my Alt Media United friends here to discuss Thanksgiving and, you know, just life. I figured you guys would all come over into my virtual dinner room and we could have a, a virtual Thanksgiving here together as conspiracy podcasters. So we got Andy from the Deep Share podcast, Ryan from Dangerous World podcast, Kyle from the Big Dumb podcast, and Jay from How to Kill a Sacred Cow. If you guys want to plug your show or anything you got going on, but also we'll go around and talk about Thanksgiving and what your impression of Thanksgiving has been growing up. Did you, you never gave a shit? Do you love it? Do you hate it? What's, what are your thoughts on Thanksgiving? We could start with, uh, we'll go in alphabetical order. So Andy, go ahead. All right. Well, first of all, I got a new show other than the deep share out now called Roots of Creation with Dan Unaki, Dan and our good buddy, Jake Hagstrom from Sweden. And we're doing some deep dives on box saga and a lot of linguistic history and things like that. It's really exciting. Got episode two coming out the day before this episode will air. So look out for that. But yeah, deep share podcasts everywhere. Pretty much can find me there. But my take on Thanksgiving. Well, before that, I'm going to say what I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful for this community because it's the first community that I've ever been able to be a part of that, that makes me feel so included. And so, you know, heard, listened to, you know, and it, it feels good. So I thank you guys and everybody else out there, but, but yeah, Thanksgiving is interesting now that we're not even sure what the hell uh, was going on in the 1800s, let alone, you know, it used to be the conspiracy was, ah, you know, we shouldn't be celebrating Columbus, but now it's like, well, that's like not even the same frame of reference that we're using anymore. Right. I mean, we've kind of learned quite a bit of interesting tidbits throughout the past couple of years. And it almost seems like the whole narrative can be put under a microscope now, you know? Well, next is alphabetically would be J, then K, then R. So go for it, Jay. Yeah, I'm Jay Hennahan from the How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast. 
kudos to you on the intro, Mark. I'm surprised that you got through all of that without screwing up any names or show names. I have to restart every single podcast at least three times before I get it right. And that's without drinking. And uh, yeah, so my impression of Thanksgiving growing up, I'm a, I'm a fat kid at heart. And I was a fat kid growing up. So naturally, I fucking love Thanksgiving. You know, I guess growing up, I never really... I didn't really buy the Thanksgiving story. And, you know, it just, it seemed all too hunky-dory to me, I suppose. And I guess reading up on it now, I, I, I had no idea about King Philip's War and all this stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys know and where you think, where like where you think, because it seems like it's definitely part of some type of national myth creation and every nation needs, needs its uh, founding myth. And it's very interesting that instead of, you know, colonialism and and manifest destiny they chose to go with a, a nice friendly thanksgiving dinner and then now we're coming back around on the other side and and then now it's only bloodthirsty tyrants rolling through the hills of the natives so yeah thank you very much for uh, having me on mark I'm, uh, I'm very excited to to do this tonight glad you're here kyle hey what's going on guys i'm kyle from the big dumb podcast I'm on the road visiting family. I'm in a camper, like, you know, a hundred yards from the house. I just switched to my hotspot. So hopefully that'll stabilize my connection a little bit. The Big Dumb Podcast, check us out on all platforms. And thanks for having me, Mark. But yeah, Thanksgiving grew up with, you know, lots of a big family, Italian family, lots of divorce. So, you know, even to this day, I'm going to five Thanksgivings traveling all over the place. So lots of food, lots of fun. Then I, when, you know, when I, was in high school and started smoking weed. Thanksgiving got even better for uh, whatever reason. <laughs> and yeah, the, as far as the origins go, I think I agree with Andy. I think our history has been so manipulated and especially now with all the new information we have or the lack thereof, we, uh, you know, the whole wrench goes into the whole narrative of what Thanksgiving is. And I think at the very least, it's some sort of just like Christmas, it's based in some sort of paganism, harvest religion, uh, ritual. But I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Like you said, you guys read the books and I'm the big dumb. So I'm just here to <laughs> here to throw a dick joke in or two. But yeah, yeah as far as I know, we, we ate with the uh, natives and then killed them. So I'm just curious <laughs> what you guys think. Even Thanks worse, for having me. we didn't even invite them to the table. They just watched. But anyways, <laughs> Ryan, you're up next. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, Dangerous World Podcast. Always have fun on these little group chats here. As far as Thanksgiving goes, man, I, they were always so fun as a kid. I've got a you know sizable family, but we always hung out with my mom's side of the family. It was way more tame, a lot less alcohol going on. You know, my dad's side of the family is the fun side. We're a bunch of bunch of crazy drunks on my dad's side, and it was always fun. And you know, a lot of those people are unfortunately dying now. And so what we're doing is, is, is just kind of taking it back to the boring stuff, man. And it's not exciting. It's not fun. I'm not excited for Thanksgiving this year, to be honest, but it is what it is, man. I love my family. I love my mom and my dad and my sister, a couple aunts. And, uh, you know, my grandma's a sweetheart, even though she has no idea what's going on these days. It's always, it's always just cool just to hang out with these people. And it, there's something magical about the one day a year where you're kind of forced to hang out with your family. I think that's, that's what's kind of beautiful about it. You don't talk to each other other than Christmas, Thanksgiving, maybe New Year's, maybe a birthday. And uh, all these holidays happen within a couple of months here. So it's kind of cool, but there's, 
there's something that's just like the magic's dead for me with all this stuff. It used to be so beautiful. I, and now it's I fucking can't help, I can't help but think, and maybe we're all biased because most of us here live where there's seasons, but I feel like an Arizona like holiday season is just a little different. Because, like, am I wrong? Like, your seasons, they don't really change. You have, like, a wet season and a dry season, right? It's, isn't... No. So, you know what's interesting, man? It, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, like, the, the northeast really has some serious changes. From what I understand, Texas doesn't really have big changes like where Kyle's at. Right. Um, they just had an epic winter this last winter, which I think was kind of contrived. There's been a lot. Like, I, I spoke with this big chemtrail dude, and he was talking about how chemtrails are really dying out. And there's been a resurgence lately and I've been noticing that. And, and people that I talk with that live here in my city have been seeing these chemtrails and now it's been real cloudy. It's been real smoggy. It looks like June when you go to San Diego, you know, like that whole June gloom thing where everything's cloudy, it looks dark and it's very weird. And it's also fucking warm right now. It was cold. It was freezing cold a couple of days ago. And after you see all these, these, you know, weather manipulation thing going on in the, in the sky, there's some, some serious changes and it's been freaking hot, dude. It's weird. It's very, very weird. Yeah. No, I only point that out because as a complete foreigner to that land, I I just like, I'm so used to the rhythms of the seasons and how they kind of play into the holidays. It's almost like when you're up North, you kind of just think of Christmas as snowy, but I imagine everybody like below that, you know, Mason Dixon line when you don't have much snow in the winter, probably you don't resonate as much with like the holiday films and all the myths that are associated with them. But before we get too far into the conversation, we had a late joiner, Ron from new England, the wicked planet podcast host. What's up, Ron? Thanks for joining us, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. Hey Mark, I'm sorry. I'm late. I had a hard time. You know, it seems likely I I got this new computer and it does nothing but give me a hard time. Last night it was, you know, sketch it out and then come to find out it needed a bunch of updates. And I mean, it's a brand new computer. I don't know why I have to continually update it, but uh, yeah. So I finally got signed on. So I'm here. Welcome. So yeah. So thanks for having me on for the Thanksgiving special. Yes. Yes. The Thanksgiving extravaganza. And we were just asking everyone uh, to share a little, you know, thought on how Thanksgiving or the impression that Thanksgiving's given them, you know, and, You've had a lot more Thanksgivings than all of us here, Ron. I think you might have uh, twice mm-hmm. as many Thanksgivings as I. Mm-hmm. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, obviously I'm the old guy in the gang, right? So yeah, I've had a lot of Thanksgivings, <laughs> and <laughs> Thanksgiving, you know, when you're a little kid, is always a little bit more than it is now now it's just a lot of work i, I mean i mean it's saying you get that thanksgiving was pretty mellow my wife actually had covid last thanksgiving and and uh, it was just me and the kids and then and i mean that was fine it was cool but but did i remember there was a long stretch where thanksgiving was just like a like a hangover day because going out the the night before thanksgiving that wednesday is a huge party night up here in new england like like people like to go out and have a good time and and i can remember like getting up just in time to go down to have thanksgiving dinner which used to really upset my mother but (laughs) but uh, but yeah no i mean i mean it's a good thing i mean you can get with your family and you know it's the one big holiday that you know i mean besides christmas i think thanksgiving to some people is actually a bigger holiday than christmas is 
and you know it's it's more about you know being thankful hanging out with your family all sitting down and having a big meal and uh, you know and just you know trying not to argue you know try not to argue with some of your family members that you didn't get a, get along with which there was a lot of that in my family back in the day when you know, when my dad was alive and say, like when my dad was my age, which, you know, late fifties, he'd have, you know, our family had the biggest house and, and they would all come over. And I swear before the end of the, the before the day is the day was over, it was like mayhem. Like it was, re- it was really nice for it to be over and everybody to go home. <laughs> But, but anyways, that's, that's, uh, I mean, but, you know, hopefully we can get into some stories about, you know, the real thanks. Well, before what we call the Thanksgiving, you told me on the phone the other day that uh, you knew a couple of things and you even taught me something that I hadn't known before that Abraham Lincoln was the first person or the first president to make Thanksgiving a national holiday, right? So Thanksgiving wasn't celebrated nationwide or maybe even at all until Abraham Lincoln made it a national holiday. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how it was celebrated, you know, before that, you know, being, uh, what is it, the fourth Thursday in November, I mean, obviously, it always falls on a Thursday, which is weird. Like, why didn't they have it on the weekend? It made more sense for us working people, you know, because you got to take a day off during the week, and then you got that one day. Well, am I going to work? Am I not going to work? But, but yeah, that's true. Abraham Lincoln is who enacted Thanksgiving as a national holiday during the Civil War, and it was like you know, kind of like an armistice or like a, a ceasefire, like for the day for the North and the South for everybody to get together and. You know, I mean, obviously, a lot of those guys weren't able to go home to their families. I mean, that's, you know, it was a lot harder to do back then than it is now. But, but yeah, so that's what made it a national holiday. But I mean, the whole Thanksgiving myth goes back to the, you know, the 1600s. Right. So, so that's, uh, yeah, I apologize. My dog needs to, thinks he needs to start barking now, of course. You know, whenever I need quiet time in my house, it just doesn't happen. But anyway, so, so yeah, so, I mean, we can get into it a little bit. I mean, if you want, you know, like, like the, origins of what the kids are taught of what we were taught about what Thanksgiving was. Right, right. Yeah, I'll start off and give you kind of briefly what I learned in the past few days looking through it. And seems like when the pilgrims arrived, they were in pretty bad shape and wouldn't have survived if the indigenous Wepawag or Wampanoag people didn't, you know, kind of bring them in to some degree. And it wasn't it wasn't, you know, really like, a, oh, yeah, we're all friends now type thing. It was more like, well, if we don't treat these people nicely, they're going to come back with more guns. They're going to come back with more people and they're going to really mess us up. So we're going to have to treat these pilgrims right with a certain amount of care. And, you know, the whole idea that the pilgrims were the first people to make contact with indigenous people here in America is absolutely false they actually when they had their dispute their famous dispute you know religious freedoms they wanted to leave to find religious freedom they went to holland before they ever went to america and they got in with the dutch and they were afraid that the dutch culture was going to sort of have a bad effect on their children going forward so they bought i think a a charter or some sort of plantation claim from the Royal London Company. Well, I just wanted to jump in real quick and just give you a little history of the pilgrims, like before we even get too far. 
Break it down, Rob. All right. So, so the so the whole theory, you know, how they got in the mail hour and, and came to, or, you, know, you know, I don't know what they did with the Dutch or anything like that. But when they first came, they weren't the first people to be here. I mean, very familiar with Europeans. The pilgrims actually landed on what is what is like Cape Cod, right? Um, which is, is which is the town that's right on the tip of Cape Cod, and and, uh, and they tried to settle in there and they tried to build a you know a, a village there or whatever. But the biggest problem that they had there was they had no fresh water. So the the closest fresh water. Okay, can, hold on a second. <laughs> Oh, Ron, you're killing me. I'm going to have to edit this episode on Thanksgiving. What are you doing to me? <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, the whole, my, my take on the whole thing, like what are, are we, do we feel like sympathetic for the, the group of people that ran what we call the United States today? Do we feel bad for, for taking the land from them? Or what is the the status quo amongst like this group of people here? Well, I think very much you have to look at it in the context of the time. And in the context of the time, colonialism was widespread and it was very much the norm. So you can't you can't judge the morals of today on how people behaved back then because it's uh, it just doesn't it doesn't really quite compute. And so what's interesting about it, too, is that. The uh, the pilgrims that landed the the Wampanoags had already had contact with the Europeans for centuries at that at that point, and so this wasn't the first. So Wampanoags actually a couple of them spoke English because a couple of them had already been to Europe and had actually had contact with the uh, the people that were in the Mayflower you know, previously. And the reason that the Wampanoags allowed them to land was because they were in the middle of a rivalry with a, a neighboring uh, tribe and they needed help in, in, in defeating them. So they decided to, to, to partner with the, with the, the pilgrims so that they could, you know, exchange some technology and, you know, and actually it was a big source of, of problems within the Wampanoag tribe specifically because they they didn't all agree that they should partner with the Europeans. So there was there was a lot of strife with that. He, the the chief of the Wampanoags actually he was there was an overthrow attempt because of this whole this whole thing. And so they they this whole thing goes on for a little while. They defeat their rival group. And then there is, there's a turn after another couple of decades where the pilgrims turn on the Wampanoags and there's a, there's like a bloody, bloody war that goes on for, for about another 10 years. That's King, King Philip's war. And it was the first war that were, that was that, that the, the pilgrims that, that Americans fought without the help of, of, Britain or of any European power. So that's uh, the basis of, of like part of their national myth and the, the, what Lincoln was later to turn into the national holiday, because at that point they, they needed some source of unity because the, 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 the North was fractured for a whole bunch of reasons. He couldn't recruit people. They were having trouble with desertions and all that stuff. So there was a lot of different things that Lincoln did at the time to, to really get people to sign up and to stay because they didn't want to fight a rich man's war. But going back to, to the pilgrims, like a lot of people do think that like these guys just showed up and, you know, they're like, hi, you know, we need your help. 
that wasn't the case. It was the Wampanoags that needed the help of the pilgrims. That's why they were allowed to land in the first place. Otherwise, they would have just been turned away. And so, the the like I said, the King Philip's War was bloody. It went on for a long time, and in the end, the colonialists won. And they, you know, but and I mean the the Indians, they 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 took out like half of the the settlements cities. They took out Providence. They took out uh, the capital of Maine. Uh, Massachusetts, all that stuff. So it's a very complicated story as is historical things usually. And so, you know, they, they've created it. So what you do is you get this national myth, it gets turned into a children's story and then it, 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 it's revived in a more honest way these days, but it's of course seen through the lens of wokeism, you know? And so everybody gets to hate on white people for being the dangerous, the dangerous devil, you know, and you know, it's, it's, you have to look at these things in the context, context of the historical time. It doesn't make them right, you know, but you can't just look at it through the lens of today. Long-winded, long-winded no, story. I, I'm sorry. glad <laughs> you said it and you said it well, cause there was definitely a lot I missed in my, uh, in my retelling and yeah, you definitely hit on it. I think as far as sympathy goes, Ryan, it's like, I'm more interested in getting the true story out than blaming one group of people for something that happened a long time ago. You know, I think if anything, when you look back in history, you find out that like Jay said, it's far more complicated. Like even King Philip, that whole name is deceiving. King Philip was actually a man named Metacomet and he was an indigenous person. But when I first heard King Philip, I'm thinking, Oh, King of, Britain, King of France, one of those guys, right? But no, this is a na- nickname that he got from being, you know, associated with this Mayflower Pilgrim group, and they gave him that nickname, King Philip, because he spoke English and he was very kind of like diplomatic, and and that's you know to a large degree what inspired the um, Constitution later on, because in these wars and in these treaties and conflicts and all these interactions. That the colonists had with the indigenous people here they realized that the indigenous people had a pretty complex way of governing each other through sachemships right there would be many sachems loosely associated and, and then there'd be sort of like one great sachem who through certain events or certain rights had risen to the top through you know proven character uh traits that were you know valued amongst everyone right so the great sachem in this case was a man who was really torn on what to do, like Jay said, but they needed the the Pilgrim's technology to sort of, in the sense of knives and weapons, but also trading because, like Jay said, for hundreds of years, Europeans had been coming here to get furs, so they'd been trading all sorts of things with the tribes, all, you know, there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different names. Wampanoag was just the, the particular group that was in that specific area. But they they had a, a culture around trading. And, you know, I think what's most fascinating is this guy that you brought up who was kidnapped. His name is Squanto. And he's remembered as like, oh, yeah, Squanto was the great Indian, noble Indian who was so kind but Squanto was kidnapped and made a slave in Europe by the Spanish, and that's how he learned English, right? And he was going around put on display, like look at all the, look at these people from the New World. And yeah, again, I don't sympathize either way because I don't think it comes down to one race or another. Like the social justice warriors want us to, you know, see they always kind of invert it or, or divert it so that there's like an argument instead of an understanding. So I guess the goal uh, in 
from my perspective for this conversation was to have a better understanding rather than say, oh, the colonists are evil, <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of stories of certain colonists who did a lot of good with the indigenous people as well. But anybody else want to jump in? It could also be just more of the same old, you know, people just doing their job, doing what they're told, like the Columbus and, and many others like him. You know, maybe we could play with the idea of, you know, I don't know how much of it's a conspiracy anymore, but I think, you know, Jay, you know a lot about history in the U.S. Maybe we can kind of get into the idea of us always being owned by the crown and all these I, these people coming here were just you know, business trips pretty much. And I mean, that, that's what I was kind of saying in the beginning where 10 years ago, my only idea of Thanksgiving was, ah, they make us, you know, they normalize, you know, Columbus and this horrible guy. That was the conspiracy in my head a decade ago. Now it's more like, okay, well, there's reason to believe that this whole story is kind of bogus and that, you know, we've always been under like the the crown, the crown company of some kind. So I don't know if you guys know more about that than I do, but well, I've been hearing a lot about it with not a lot of verification, you know, yeah. but you know, Jordan Maxwell, those types, a lot of people right. talk about this kind of thing. But how does that, how does that, yeah. How does that fit into Thanksgiving? You know, well, I heard too, that Columbus was not, a brutal dude like and this is like i i don't have a dog in this race at all i don't care about columbus i don't it doesn't bother me one way or the other if he was violent or not but i heard that he actually deliberately gave orders to his men to not like deliberately steal from the indigenous population or to rape or do any of the stuff that were taught and the only reason that i bring up the whole idea of like this whole like white people stealing land from brown people it, it it's 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 just stupid to me because this is like jay said this is the way that shit went down back then and quite frankly it seems like we could get back to that very quickly I mean, the way that our society runs on this electrical grid, if that thing goes down, man, which it's not, it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question as, as attached as people are to their social media and to their podcasts or to anything that runs off of the electronic grid. It seems far fetched to a lot of people that this thing can just go down, but it's, it's very possible. And the way that we're starting to see tensions brew with China, whether that's legit or not you know there's some serious threats going on with taiwan i mean if you think that you're going to be able to buy a computer in a couple of years if china attacks taiwan i mean you're you're just not paying attention to, to where we get our semiconductor chips from and and all kinds of different technology we get from taiwan um and china has their eyes on that thing so it's a tiny island right off the coast of of freaking of china man so I hear um, that. I hear that. I'm down to have that current affairs conversation towards the end. But I think, I, you know, I'm glad you make that point because I do think that understanding the roots of our country and how we, we started, it can only give us a, a better understanding of how things are happening today. And, and I think Andy made a good point there where you, you brought up the admiralty law and how that played into the founding of the colonies because we are essentially in, you know, we're still living in those colonies. They've just gone through various changes and restructures to, you know, have different names and different laws. But yeah, I, I mean, as far as it fits into like, 
you know, <laughs> Chinese microchips and all that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that yet, but I promise we can touch on that stuff towards the end of the conversation for sure. Ryan. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, before we jump into what Andy was talking about, like, you know, I'm, I'm probably the youngest here in the group and being the closest to being in, you know, being out of high school or whatever, you know, no one talks about that time between 1492 and, you know, the 16 mid 1600s when the colonies of, of New England and things were settled, you know, and I didn't know that there was this Phil, uh, King Philip's war. I mean, I mean, I'm sure I've maybe heard of it. I don't, but I don't know. You know what I mean? There's a lot of uh, gray area and a lot of things that aren't talked about or taught in schools nowadays. And so it's like, well, the, I think they're purposely trying to blur that area. Cause like Andy said, you know, there was that whole deal with, you know, being under the crown rule and then the, you know, the, the revolutionary war and then kind of going back into that crown rule when the constitution, the constitution act of uh, 1871, that, that might have something to do with it as well. But, you know, there's just a lot of gray area and a lot of things that are deliberately, I think, not taught, you know, like I said, I just came into this thinking, Oh, we uh, ate dinner with the, with the indigenous people then we killed them with smallpox and we raped them. And, you know, you, you bring and that was a, still going on into the 1800s, like here in Texas, where in the, the Amarillo area. I mean, the Comanches were, that was their stronghold for, you know, hundreds of years, even into the mid to late 1800s. Like that, it's been a, a topic or a, an issue in the country since its founding, even from Columbus's time. So it's, there's a lot that's missing, I think, that it takes people like us, like the, re, you know, researchers like Jay and Andy to, try to dig that work up and that information so that we can get a better understanding. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I definitely want to jump off of one of the points you made there and touch on like, you know, we got to think about this in the context of everything we're learning about rewriting of history too, right? With Thanksgiving being made a national holiday right around this time that one of those great resets, right? The whole Tartarian crowd has been going crazy about, right? All that, change that went on between the you know mid 1800s towards the beginning of the 1900s and i think you know on the point of the the pandemic you know i thought that would be a neat way to connect things to what's going on now because that was a huge part of what happened after the pilgrims settled and you know like we touched on there are many different groups of europeans that were trading with the indigenous people here but when they started living here, something changed, and these sicknesses, we're told, infected all of these people who had never had the immunities. And I just think it's curious how many times uh, a pandemic has come in and wiped out a group of people, and now we're seeing it here today where the elite, you know, because you got to remember, like, historically speaking, the new world was thought of as they were able to make all those claims because heathens lived there, right? There was no Christianized people, so the land was all up for grabs because their, really their idea was to bring on the second coming of Christ through this, you know, recreating Jerusalem in another land. And that's why you have all these biblical names for places throughout New England. I mean, Bethlehem is probably a town in almost every state, I'm sure, but like, there's there's countless examples of that kind of thing and it's just funny how the 
the pandemic, the pandemic theme comes up over and over and over again. But you see, there's also genocide going on. You see, there's also the potential, you know, taking the land from one people and bringing it to another nation. You know, this isn't this isn't stuff to to take lightly. You know, this is stuff that other nations could go to war with England or the Dutch for. So they had to legally you know to andy's point come up with a way to say like all right we're gonna take this land from these people and you know you saw in the past at least 50 60 years with all the things that have been given back to the reservations where they took it to you know the un as much as we don't trust those fuckers you know and they got some of their land back because these treaties were not just and they were not fair and and i think you know given that the pandemic was a either a, a play by accident or a manipulated, you know, like some people like Kyle actually even said, like they gave everybody smallpox blankets. You know, I think it's just curious that around these times where there's a big upheaval and change, you know, there's these same themes of a pandemic, pandemic, and then we have, you know, this apocalypse also kind of looming on the on the back end because that's what people are thinking now that we're heading towards this great apocalypse right with the 2012 2021 connection people are like oh no it wasn't 2012 it's supposed to be 2021 here we are you know and we're in it and look at how the world's turned upside down yeah and i think there's there's also a couple of things i wanted to 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 hop in on there so originally what's interesting is that one of the reasons that the the wampanoags had invited the pilgrims uh to massachusetts was because they had just been wiped out by an epidemic and they were their tribe was weak which is why they needed an alliance and you know we also have to be careful of this like we know that history has been rewritten several times and i don't entirely buy the fact that they they came over to america and they wanted to wipe everybody out and take their land i think that was a story that was grafted on later because it fit very well within the context of manifest destiny and it was just a good it was a good narrative to to craft at that time i think these guys came to a uh, in america that already had a burgeoning civilization and they had to destroy it which you can see in like graham hancock's work uh, this guy's always talking about, you know, there's there's evidence that, co- that comes from the priests that traveled with the conquistadors that they were finding these cities with tens of thousands, maybe even 100,000 people. And they I don't know how they wiped all these guys out, because it's just it, it, the math doesn't really add up to me that if there were that many people. And also another point that I wanted to make was that we need to be careful about saying things like, oh, we they, they gave blankets to these Indians and that gave them smallpox. No, that was a footnote in a fucking like garbage history book that was written back in fucking 1865. And that's already been debunked. Yet these myths still persist. But right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying that's what was in like the textbooks that I grew up with. You know, I've been out of high school, you know, coming up on 10 years. He wasn't, he wasn't debating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't shitting on you. I was, I was talking in a more general sense. Oh no, I, and I agree a hundred percent. I just think it's important to point out that this is what's being taught. Right. And I think, I think, I think Jay, you're right that it is a it was a footnote and it's been debunked and i think it's just ridiculous that despite the the evidence and the information and especially works like graham hancock's and even just the 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 common knowledge of how advanced the mayan civilization was and the fact that they just disappeared i mean there's so much that is just uh so many lies that are just being taught by the state government by the schools 
And, yeah. you know, another theory talking about Tartaria and kind of where all these people came from, there's a huge theory that a lot of the quote unquote slaves uh, in America were already here. You know, they could have been from these bigger cities from these greater civilizations. Maybe we didn't wipe all of them out, but we subjugated them. I'm not denying that there weren't slaves imported from Africa. I'm just saying there, Jay brought up, you know, the, the indifferences with the numbers of people. I mean, that's something we have to consider too, but you're right, Jay. I agree with you. It just, I think it's ridiculous that these things are still being taught, you know, and now it's from a woke perspective, which is just even more nonsensical. Yeah. And, and what I was saying is like, you, you actually kind of made my point too, which that was, I thank you for that. Sorry to cut you off, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's no worries. And the, the main point I was trying to round to, and it's, I'm sorry, I do this all the time. If I could take a long way around, but uh, my main point was that I think the whole point of colonizing America was to destroy what was left. That was it. You know, those giant fucking cities that were already obviously here, the mountain builders, civilizations, everything they found in South America, all that, all that, that good stuff. I agree. And honestly, the, the, the idea that we got there to the Mayan civilization and it was deserted and, and they all disappeared. I mean, they were probably just subjugated as well. If, if it was, if it's, you know, even the right story, if it even fits, you know, because yeah. these things seem to be always, every time we learn something new, it's, it's more that the whole narrative that's set up is just some little piece to a much bigger picture. Like you were bringing up good versus evil, not really being, shouldn't be the center focus and it's it's true because uh, we're finding that over and over again even with box soccer when i get into that kind of stuff i'm finding taboo after taboo having to get turned over because of terms just evolving and changing and stories evolving and changing as well yeah i heard a lot of interesting taboos talked about on the box saga when benjamin balderson brought that up that's definitely an interesting story but yeah, I think, you know, my point with the, the pandemic and the rewriting of history, it, it seems like there's a toolkit here, you know, and and we know that players like Francis Bacon, who some people say was actually Shakespeare, were a part of these societies, like the Royal Society, the first governor of Connecticut, the Connecticut Colony, was one of the founding members of the Royal Society. And these are groups that evolved to become the National Geographic Society and other groups that do much to conceal and hide the true history of the United States. You know, you bring up the mounds and the, the giant skeletons and whatnot. Well, the yeah, Smithsonian the, and the, yeah, the there National you go. Geographic, yeah. that's, that's who's covering it up. And I mean, if you go to the National Geographic website, they're no different than MSN or, or, you know, CNN. They're just giving you mainstream talking points and, and trying to debunk things that folks like us find interesting at the very least and and yeah we can't be so attached to any conclusion because the further back you look the murkier it gets for sure but i think you know in new england in particular there is a lot of claimed space and there's historically been a lot of political battles to give back or take away land from certain tribes whoever had certain claims and and the ones who you know, in all honesty, were closer to the colonialists or the colonists like the Mohegans here in Connecticut. Now they have casinos, they have a reservation and whatnot. You know, they got a fair shake of the deal than some of the tribes that maybe fought back, like the Pequot, who that's another name for the King Philip's War is the Pequot War. 
I'm pretty sure, unless those are two separate wars. But it's definitely, you know, it's a lot to, to get into. But, yeah, I think now, given what we're dealing with on a daily basis with the amount of disinformation, we're heading towards a pretty exciting Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I like to shake things up. When everybody's at the dinner table, everybody's, you know, in one spot. It's like I like to throw some truth bombs in the mix. Has anyone oh, ever yeah. had, a, had a moment like that at a family party where maybe you said something, it revealed a, a conspiracy belief that you have or, or even a truth that you shared with people? Yeah, I'm I think like- I- <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Andy. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm like repeating in my head. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Talk about the weather. <laughs> it always go starts ahead, off with the weather, but after a few mimosas, you know, chemtrails are done. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Well, this, you know, last year with the election, I think it was a really tough year. I think for my family, personally, there's some death in the family. So it was like really hard to not bring up certain things, you know, it was an election year. It was all this stuff going on and, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets tough, but as I've kind of gone on this journey, and especially now that I, I do the podcast, it's, it's almost, they expect it now from me to bring something up, you know what I mean? Not just family drama or who's a drunk or who's dating who, but like, you know, like, like Andy said, chemtrails and whatnot. And actually this year I was going to wear uh, one of Ryan's shirts that says conspiracy uh, realist. I'm going to wear that shirt. And then the, my whiskey beer and conspiracy he had just to kick off the conversation you know what i mean that way uh people kind of be forced to be like what's going or at least they'll expect it you know and then once the mimosas start flowing in the mornings it's going to be a a long long day of fun for me so i'm looking forward to it what about you guys well let me let me jump in real quick and say that i'm honored that you will wear my t-shirt to your thanksgiving that is incredible so thank you oh yeah my girlfriend was all worried about dressing up and stuff she was like trying on all the different outfits because one, one side of my family is a little wealthy and pretentious. And I was like, I'm wearing a hat and a t-shirt and some jeans and it's going to be fantastic. Better so boy. yeah, of course, dude. And your, your, your shirts uh, get right to the point. Like that one right behind you, government is the virus. So, I mean, if I wore that, people would lose their skulls. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. And I love my family. I really do. But I, I, I have to be entertained somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that's great. That. That's, that's totally where I try to, I don't know. It's it's out of love, you know. It's like it's like a trickster kind of vibe, you know. You 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 prank, you kind of stir things up, you tease, you poke fun, but it's all with love, you know. Like it could get it could it could blow up in your face though, which is, you know, something that I've experienced many times where people get a little sensitive about certain topics and you realize that most people aren't as uh open-minded as you may have hoped well it's just like i just watched they live recently like a couple weeks ago for the first time and shame on me for waiting so long to do it but big fan it's like that 20 minute fist fight scene that ruined the movie for my girlfriend but i loved it (laughs) (laughs) when you try to wake somebody up or even just bring up something you can get so much kickback and uh it can get a little out of hand sometimes so i agree with you mark there are certain topics that you just got to kind of you know, but you got to hit them with like a little soft punch here and there, you know, like, what do you think about this? Or, you know, like, 
But yeah, I try just, to stay away from like COVID stuff. Honestly, I know that that's like the one thing that most of us want to get across to our family members that aren't aware of these things and or won't look at it or think it's crazy. But I actually stay away from that because for me, it seems to be easier. Like my dad really loves history. And so I can blow his mind with some ancient history stuff that will in the same way make him go, well, that tactic sure sounds familiar why does that sound so specifically coincidental you know because of course i always say that you can kind of look at the past and just see the same patterns happening today and and it's easier for people to not get because the covid thing is so personal at this point it, it hits everyone exactly on the same level whether we feel like we do or they feel like they do it's all this heightened sensitivity and, and emotions going on. So I just kind of slip in through the back door with some, some weird shit that they're not that personally invested in, you know what I mean? But might at least turn a head or two. With the yeah, big the, time, sorry. with the big time government lovers, there's a few things you got to leave out, right? You can't talk about the COVID stuff. You can't talk about the vaccine mandates. Can't talk about like Obama, whether it be Michelle or, or Barack <laughs> or Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about there's there's a few topics that you got to leave out. 9-11 may be a safe one, but then again, maybe not. I mean, like there's there's some topics that I mean, I think a, a safe one to kind of like ease people into is like the CIA. I mean, it's easy to hate on the CIA. You can talk about Alan Dulles. You can talk about J. Edgar Hoover with the FBI. All the people talking about dismantling the, the police and defunding the police. Like, why not like introduce the harmless idea of defunding the FBI? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's little subtle things that I think a lot of people could agree with if you just present them with like some, some hard facts. Fuck yeah. yeah. And when it comes to the CIA debate, I mean, I, I, I've read a ton of shit on the CIA. So usually like I can, you can slip into any situation and be like, yeah, dude, chemtrails, Operation Popeye. Here you go. It's on Wikipedia. You can have my phone. Have fun with that. And when you're done with that, why don't you check out Operation Northwoods? It's in fucking Wikipedia. You know what I mean? So that's I, I find the CIA is the best way to broach any subject of, of conspiracy because people will be like, oh, that's some crazy shit. Oh, oh, it's fucking crazy. There's, Operation yeah. Mockingbird. It's fucking There's declassified. Documents. There you go. Jay, have you heard of uh, Operation Nile Blue? No. So this ties in with like the weather and all that other crazy stuff. I mean, this is when the the CIA on behalf of the U.S. government was trying to mess with the uh, crops in I think in Vietnam. In Fidel, no, it's Fidel Cuba. Castro. Fidel, yeah, in Cuba, messing with with the sugar crops, and they they tried to milk the clouds. I think they tried to starve the crops of rain but they ended up dumping a bunch of rain on the sugar and it just like completely ruined the sugar crops but this is operation nile blue so i mean like if you're going to talk about weather modification that's a that's been a thing dude it's been a thing whether it be vietnam whether it be cuba whether it be anywhere they have been messing with this stuff since like the freaking 50s and 60s is is milk a cloud is that a uh, proper weather manipulation that is a scientific term do you find the clouds teats (laughs) I don't know. That's just, I think that that's the way that they made it like reliable. I've milked you know, a these cow. You're going to milk it, Greg? You're going to milk the cat, Greg? <laughs> I've milked a cow. I've never seen anyone milk a cloud, but I don't, no. I don't. Well, doubt you know, it. it's a, it's, it's a way to relate it to the people. I you know what I mean? I well, and another thing too, is if you avoid those kind of triggering words like chemtrails and you say, uh, this is something my dad taught me. It's like, don't look up chemtrails on, on DuckDuckGo. You won't find anything. You got to look up 
aerosol engineering, and then you'll find all the scientific documentation to back it up. There's Cloud certain, seeding. yeah, well, there's, yeah, exactly. There's on certain, that point, you know, oh, even with DuckDuckGo, when I looked up the secret history of Thanksgiving, you get all of these, you know, to Ryan's point, like these kind of social justice warrior crybaby sounding articles, but I, I don't know. I mean, I try to separate that from the indigenous people themselves because, you know, even though all these NBC, MSNBC, all these people are like latching on to stories like that, they're fitting it into their narrative. And I would say probably nine times out of 10, those tribes are just being victimized and used by the Democrats. And we see the Democrats do that all the time where they take a minority and they victimize them. They, they play into their victimhood status and they even nationalize it as holidays. I mean, look, we have a whole history month for every minority. Now we have the black history month, the gay history month, and, and I'm sure the trans history month will be 2023 or something like that. We'll figure it out. But either way, you know, this, this is yeah. definitely mm -hmm. like something you'll run into when you Google or DuckDuckGo any conspiracy, really. You're going to see those top search results are always going to have some sort of deception connected to them. Well, and something else that I was going to bring up in regards to, you know, Thanksgiving and the holidays. Yeah, there's a conspiracy aspect to it. There's a manipulation to it, but also, you know, being real, being honest about it. There's a commercialization aspect to all of this, you know, the, the history, the stories, like I doubt they had Turkey at the Thanksgiving first Thanksgiving, you know, I doubt they had sweet potato pie. I doubt they had all this shit, but it's a commercialization to get you to spend more money, to get you to do this or do that buy the, you know, the fall decorations and all that. There's the commercialization. And one example um, <laughs> from history is the story of Roanoke. Right. Where the 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 colonists had to leave and then one guy left to go get supplies and they he came back and everyone was gone and Krakatoa was written on the carved into the tree. Right. And everyone's like, oh, my God, the Indians ate all the people, the colonists, and they destroyed them when really that was that's been debunked for years. But it's perpetuated by actually a guy, an outdoor musical writer. He does tons of outdoor shows about indigenous peoples all over the country. And he's the one who perpetuates this story about Roanoke and Krakatoa to sell tickets to his shows. When really the whole, everyone knows it's in the documentation that those, the, those colonists were told, Hey, if I'm not back and you guys have to go tell me where you're going. And Krakatoa was where these indigenous people, it was the name of their tribe or it's where they were. And the colonists just went to go live with them because they were starved out in their, in their village. And so it's a, it's an open and shut case, but you know, I, even in school, we learned about Roanoke and how these people just mysteriously disappeared. And you got an American horror story show about it. You have all these uh, plays and movies and musicals about this false narrative. And how often does that happen throughout history just to sell a ticket, just to sell a product. And I mean, especially at Thanksgiving, Christmas, you got black Friday tagged on to Thanksgiving. There's a lot of it. That's just about getting your money. And sorry if I'm a little shaky. It's it's really cold in here. No, <laughs> Wasn't Black fine. Friday? Black Friday had some slave undertones to that too. I think you could buy slaves very cheap that day. If I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, what the fuck? That's I did like not a, and know that's that. like how how new is Black Friday? I mean, it's it's like what the past 15 years or so we've been doing. It wasn't that? I mean, when I was super no, young, it's, but recently it's, I've it's been a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's starting earlier and earlier every damn year, it seems like. Maybe not, you know, after COVID. But, like, you know, Kyle, you said something really interesting about, like, the food courses. And 
I mean, dude, realistically, they were probably eating fucking people back then, like with this oh, shit. Like when they're no. conquering people. The, the reason that the reason that they're not that they're that you're eating turkeys is because they're not you're not able to eat like Native American kids, dude. Like you, they don't Come serve on. those in the grocery store. Oh, no, they had, this is the they shit had, they were they eating. I turkeys. guarantee. Get out of here. There was there they was... weren't fucking eating turkeys. You know, turkeys some code word for some shit. You oh, know what I mean? Yes, it, it is. Black it pill is. Ryan throwing some black pills in the well, mix. dude. And the turkey was supposed to be the said, national bird too. You know that was right. that's an interesting well, point. It, it is true that the, the turkey is a sacred like animal to a lot of the people that were originally here because they used it as a you know a food bird. You know, it was they were abundant and yeah, the colonists definitely they're still abundant. I mean, shit, there's turkeys everywhere. Yeah. There's something, <laughs> dude. There's something very very dark. Obviously, we've all seen the turkeys in the bunkers, like at the grocery stores. You know those open bunker, those things that are the open freezers. Those are right. called bunkers. Mm -hmm. So we've all seen those packed full of turkeys. There's something very dark about seeing people pull those off trucks. It's fucked up. I mean, like just thinking about this are you one vegan? time a year. I've dude, seen no, more fucked up things. I think, oh, I, I, of course there is, dude. Of course I'm there is. So I'm so surprised guys, to hear you say that. Like, well, that's you're the a thing. Like, red-blooded American. What do you? Of mean? course, I've got my pistol right next to me, right here, too. I <laughs> hey, mean, like, I'm same here. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm not. I'm the farthest thing from a pacifist. I, I'm a meat eater. I think that protein is good for you. Or healthy protein's good. But, dude, there's something dark about seeing people fucking like elbowing each other to get a fucking big turkey. There's something really dark about it, dude. Okay, and I that think part, that yeah, I, yeah. I, that I makes more sense. That. Yeah. I thought you were going somewhere that. else with that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that like we shouldn't eat turkeys, but like it's just weird this one time a year. No one does anyone here actually enjoy turkey? I mean, like I, it's fucking gross. You I like prefer it? that I prefer ham at things. All right. My, Who brought my grandma this guy? I, yeah, I have <laughs> a, I'll have a turkey sandwich every now and then. It depends on what deli I'm no, going I'm to. No, I'm talking about a fucking, I'm talking about a heated up turkey with like stuffing and shit in it. Dude, I will gross. lick a turkey in the asshole. I don't give a fuck, man. That's just delicious. <laughs> Dude, we have tacos on Thanksgiving here in my house. Ta Ron, fucking, Ron, it's weird. Where is Ron? Ron, tame, tame this guy right now. Ron, you've been too silent. I do not know what you're doing Turkey's gross. There. I'm here. I'm just listening to Ryan go. Turkey's <laughs> fucking gross. Ron, tell help me out. Vindicate. Actually, my... actually, how we do turkey is very good. I do it on the smoker. Everyone yeah, says that's the that. way to do it. You got. I've never had a good turkey. Yeah, what about yeah, what I about do it on those the smoker? And it comes out real good. Every every year you have the news stories where people like blow up their house by trying to fry a turkey like have you guys you guys see those stories on the news i've seen it it in frozen solid i've seen it happen dude they're trying to fry frozen turkeys yeah you can't fry a frozen turkey really? but hey like do you guys want to hear a cool thanksgiving yes. thanksgiving conspiracy when you were talking about metacomet yes all right, so meta. Okay, so let's just go back because this this goes to something that's going on now that actually Andy might be familiar with. We've actually talked about getting together and going there and checking it out. Actually, you too, Mark. But but Metacomet was was a Wampanoag chief, right? And he was the son of Massasoit, who was a very famous Wampanoag chief. 
but you know, and, and this is and this is later. This is like late 1600s, right? This is past all the pilgrims and all those other bullshit stories and Squanto and and all that. And, and Jay is right. Like like a lot of these Indians already spoke English and already been to England and back. And they already knew they already knew the pilgrims were coming. You know, and and then when I got cut off before, you know, the pilgrims landed and and kind of tried to start start out in what's Provincetown now, but but they didn't have any didn't have any fresh water, so they had to go to all the way to Truro, which if you're on the Cape, eh, it's about twenty miles. I mean, it's a little bit of a hike, like even in a car to get fresh water. So then they decided that they were going to go to Plymouth, right? So that's where they ended up. But but this meta comment, like like he was like a kind of a bad character, you know, you know, and I think initially he wanted to kind of ally himself with with the with the the pilgrims or the Puritans or whatever you want to call them, the Europeans, because he had this ongoing war with the Narragansett tribe and and he he needed allies to beat the Narragansetts. But, you know, that that didn't work out. You know, long story short, Metacomet had led some, you know, some war parties against the pilgrims and the pilgrims had had basically had had enough. So so they eventually hunted him down and, and killed him. And they killed him. They killed him in what they call the Miri, the Miri Swamp, but but it's what we today would call the Wampanoag. No, excuse me, not the Wampanoag. So the Hockamock Swamp, the Hockamock Swamp in Massachusetts. Okay, so so how the how the legend goes, or the conspiracy theory, or more of a legend that he cursed that land and cursed the pilgrims and the colonists, you know, as he was dying. And, 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 you know, and that curse kind of held and, and we'll get into that in a minute, but you know what they did to Metacomet after they killed him? Like they delimbed him, like they quartered him. They hung his body pots from the trees. They took his, they cut his head off and they put it on a pike outside of the Plymouth village to be a warning to the other Indians not to not to mess around and and that is a true story that's not just folklore that's you know it's documented so i i gotta i gotta kind of believe it's true because you know these europeans and these colonists like they were ruthless people you know i I don't care what anybody says about the puritans i mean my ancestors were puritans and i you know reading reading you know about them you know some of the stories about them is it really wasn't uh, a purist like to be a puritan as far as they were concerned but anyway, so that was set up as a warning to other Indians not to mess around. But but where Metacomet was killed is is what today we call the Hockabock Swamp. And that is part of what they call the Bridgewater Triangle. Has anybody heard about that? Yeah, that's where they've got some paranormal sightings. I had they Chris Knowles on major, the podcast a while ago, and he talked about that. You get into it. They have yeah, they have major, major paranormal stuff going on there in the Bridgewater Triangle, which isn't too far from Andy, probably half hour from Andy, 45 minutes. Yeah, not far at all. And yeah, yeah, and and I mean, there's everything there from Bigfoot sightings to Dogman, UFO sightings, and mini Dogman, like a, uh, a tiny Sasquatch called the G, the Puck Baby. Yeah, Baby Sass. Yeah, the puck wedgies. Yeah, puck wedgies, and uh, and the puck wedgies are the ones that try to lure people into the swamp. Right. You know, and there's actually there's actually a documentary on. I don't know if it's on Prime Video, or whatever. It's called Bridgewater Triangle, and uh, and this guy gives his account of a puck wedgie trying to call him into the call him into the swamp. But uh, but this being like Andy, wasn't there some ritualistic killings there or some remnants or what looked like some ritualistic things going on there sacrifices in the bridgewater things triangle? like that that yeah in the bridgewater triangle where the police had found there was some transients like living out there practicing witchcraft 
There's a few, there's a um, few I don't know off the top of my head about that. I do know of stories like that closer to home near me in Worcester, directly in Worcester. There's mm-hmm. stories yeah, like we, that. Uh, we talked about a story like that uh, when you were on the show, right, Andy? Yeah. You, you shared yeah. a story about like a creepy, creepy thing you and your friends found in the woods. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's like a locally famous graveyard, but the, the graves go back to the 1600s. We're talking really old ground. And at some point in the 80s, there was supposedly a satanic cult practicing in there, committing crimes and doing things. There is a tree that was cut down out front where a, like a young young kid hanged himself at some point back then but i mean a lot of the satanic panic stuff comes to mind and you wonder how much of that is fabricated and you know if i looked into the local stories who knows it could have just been like some bad murder that happened there you know what i mean and it could have the satanic stuff may have just been fabricated who knows but that ground being so old there's a lot of story there there's a lot of lore in there and there's a lot of people telling talking about hauntings in there and stuff like that. But regardless of that, it's it's what you talk about a lot about how you gotta look in your own backyard. And Massachusetts and New England, like we've been talking about, is just filled with this old, old history. And I wonder Thanksgiving does feel like a reset in a s in a sort, you know? Well to bring up Where, to bring up like the day Thursday, the last Thursday of November. I mean, mm. Thursday is Thor's day, Thor's Thor, day. right? Mm. And that connects to the god Jupiter, which is kind of like a royal sort of figure in, in the celestial astronomy. So just the day is significant for those symbolic mm. terms. But then, you know, the end of yeah, why November. Did, it's why like, did they pick a Thursday? Well, think about this, too. Yeah. Like they they love they. I hate saying that and I catch myself all the time. But, you know. That version of we loves to write over what was naturally already there or ancient stuff that was going on with human culture. So to me, the Thursday connection seems to be like they were once again, they were covering up heathen pagan traditions of some kind or hijacking them and changing them. And so to use, to use Thursday and making it such an important American holiday kind of puts like another nail in the coffin per se, like, you know, the memory of what it used to be is just further away now. Indeed. I was going to add to your point, Andy, because you're, you're absolutely right. From my opinion, it also kind of adds to the the concept of inverting the Native American heathen pagan worldview because they believed in, you know, following the seasons to a T. You know, more and more I'm finding evidence of astronomical knowledge amongst these people because you have all these stone structures where they're lined up with the equinox and the solstice. They're highlighting various constellations, so... And, you know, to play on the point of, like, what the indigenous people here actually ate, you know, that was a big part of it. It's farming squash, farming corn, you know. So harvest season was incredibly important to anybody who farmed, really, but to the Native Americans, it was it was crucial. So I think that plays a role in the whole Thanksgiving myth. And, and like Kyle pointed out, you know, in Abraham Lincoln's time, there were still large settlements of 
indigenous tribes operating without really much difference than how they operated beforehand, save for maybe having the the horses and the, the guns that they didn't have prior to the 1400s. But, you know, they were living pretty much how they had been living. And then you see this, again, great reset period happening in the 1800s. Thanksgiving becomes a national holiday. And curiously, you know, pumpkin, which I don't think pumpkin was so much of a, like a staple crop as squash was. So pumpkin might have been more of like a f- flavor of the Europeans who were already kind of bakers and whatnot. But when when it comes to like the turkey, absolutely, the turkey was a big part of it, even down to, you know, possibly being the national bird of the country, which we all know it's now the eagle, which is very Roman, very fascist, curiously enough. And the, the, the turkey seems a little bit more humanitarian. And I don't know, I'm not in the camp of like Freemasons are all bad, but I definitely, you know, I think that the founding fathers given their curious, weird things that you can find about them. I think they had some good intentions and they were shrouded in, in a lot of mystery, you know, whether they were (laughs) giants or, or Phoenicians or evil or good or benevolent. I don't know, but I'm sure as glad, uh, sure as hell glad we have the constitution. That's for sure. I think most of us will agree with that. So, you know, linking those two periods for Abraham Lincoln, you know, the time when the constitution was settled to this major divide in the nation, you know, to, to bring Thanksgiving into the forefront, I think was like a, you know, an act of, of magic in a way, you know, kind of taking all these loose unassociated pieces and creating a narrative that like Jay was saying initially, you know, Lincoln was doing all these other things to try to unite the North because, you know, it was already hard enough to organize all these separate colonies in the North, let alone fight the South who had all their own separate colonies. So I don't know. I'm kind this of is also, um, oh, sorry. This Go is ahead. also kind of similar to like, say, you know, when the, when Constantine, the, the, that was like a, a one event, but many events that took these pagan stories from the Bible or that became the Bible, you know, were brought in and controlled. Right. And in the same way, like you think about the Turkey itself being to a number of native American tribes supposedly was a fertility uh, symbol. And so this bird tradition was clearly just taken scooped up and formed into this this holiday like you were saying so it's like once again they're always trying to just take what's already there and i guess you could almost look at it from an outside perspective like oh maybe they were just trying to include everybody uh, that's a little naive well, how do you, you know? how do you explain the turducken <laughs> that was a blending of good cultures. old American gluttony. <laughs> That's well, dude, a, and so no, it's a diversity <laughs> thing. They were trying to bring people together, people who didn't like turkey, who didn't like duck, who maybe didn't like they put it together. That was like the first uniting of it was a true step in diversity it's, in American culture. Let's shove a chicken no, inside of a duck. No, it's a total Trojan yeah. horse tactic. You you yeah. hide a worse tasting <laughs> thing inside of a better tasting thing. And <laughs> you waste less meat. No, you know, I wish you know, I, I wish you guys oh hold on Ryan. I wish you guys knew just how plentiful turkeys are here. Right. Oh, they're oh, massive. So many really, turkeys. Even yeah, here in Texas, like, dude. Rodents. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it, it would be nothing for me to have thirty of 
of them out of my front lawn. That's I the mean, same reason I, I don't eat rats. Go out and, and, yeah, I have to go out and make sure that there's no turkeys out there before I let my pet bulls outside. Because <laughs> that would be a turkey massacre. <laughs> what did the turkeys ever do to you, Ryan? What did yeah, they Ryan change by a fucking, It's fucking turkey. You know, the turkey was actually favored by Ben Franklin to be the That's, national bird. Which well, ben Franklin was a he good looks guy. like a turkey. No, he looks Franklin like a turkey. Franklin was a good why. dude, yeah. too. Jay is right. Jay is right. That was Ben Franklin's idea for the turkey to be the national bird. And he was God a fucking wasn't. pedophile, dude. Ben well, Franklin. Well, he also he, he also know. wanted he, he also wanted German to be the national language. So, yeah, that's what I was know. gonna say. Is that we almost spoke German and had a turkey as a bird, but now we have the the German eagle as the bird, and we speak English. So it's like mm-hmm. one of those little. Yeah. Why do you think uh, well, so the German language anyway? There was one thing glossing over the fact that a turkey raped my mother, which is the, the real reason that I don't oh, like turkeys. Okay, there we go. There we go. So, but the, is that how you were born? Yeah. Can we get to talk to turkey killed my dad. I'm right here for you, bro. It's okay. We'll talk about it another time. Uh, is there a video footage of this? Has this been on? Yeah, it's called Thanks Killing videos. <laughs> yeah, it's on his OnlyFans. <laughs> Oh That's a good one. So <laughs> you guys were talking about Thursday being the significant day, and I, I agree. But most of these holidays that fall on a day versus a date, they're on Mondays, right? And this uh, Monday is supposedly like the the god of the moon, right? Like that feminine energy. So I don't know what that means. I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, like, I think Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving is the only day that comes to mind that's connected to Thursday. But you got like Columbus Day, Martin Luther King Day. You got all these more specific days to the United States right. that are really tied well, to Monday. Those are on dates. No, those they're on, on dates. dates, Ryan. No, no, no. Yeah, they're no, on they're dates. On date. No, they're on dates and they're on Mondays for a three-day weekend. No, they're on prunes. No, they're on days. Oh. They're literally <laughs> on days. I'm looking at it right here. The the number one holiday day, not date, it's Monday. So you got five holidays that fall on Monday. That's, that's right. And that's for the federal government so that they would have a three-day weekend. like like Just like daylight savings day, time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's set up. It's it just it's weird because like Columbus Day is usually what, October 14th, right? Like, uh, like so, but Columbus 11th. Day weekend. Yeah, October 11th. Okay, so so, but it always, but it always, they always make it so it's a a Columbus Day weekend. Yeah, it's sure. always it's like on a pre- Monday. Yeah, but the my my point is that it's on a Monday. You know what I mean? Like since we're talking about Thursday, Thursday for Thanksgiving, I'm it just trying Monday, to make yeah. the connection that Monday seems to be the more significant day for a right. holiday. Whereas Christmas falls on the 25th, no matter what fucking day it is. Which you know it's on I mean? a Saturday today, Saturn day. Which right? sucks because so be if it's during the week, I get way more time off for work. I'm kind of yeah. pissed, you know, but, but I think that is a good point. And then it kind of, you, it, when you brought that up, it kind of uh, made me think of like election days on Tuesdays. Yeah. That, war, war day, would, dude. Does that have something to do with, with that? But that interesting thought, I, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like well, that. Well, Jupiter, I'm pretty sure to bring Thor's day back up, I think that was also considered like a festive God. Like people would have a festival in honor of Jupiter. Like he was seen as like a benevolent King. So, but I think, you know, one thing I learned last night, I was on an episode of zero last night with Sam cause he had some trouble connecting and the guest was talking about how in Italy, They have all of these folklore festivals that are wrapped around this really ancient, ancient folklore. And really what came to mind as she was talking is how important festivals are in, you know, 
navigating as a culture, right? Because she was talking about how united this group of people is in the south of Italy because of how, you know, they stick to the same festivals that their ancestors have been doing for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years. Whereas the people in the north of Italy are a little more westernized. They don't, you know, care too much about the holidays. I think <clears throat> they probably celebrate the holidays more like we would, where it's it's more like, all right, we're all going to meet up at somebody's house and do a thing. But, you know, when we think of what the ancient idea of a holiday was, it was like everybody left their house, they went to the center of the town they lived in, and they all participated in this one thing on this one day, always. And if you were left out, you were like some kind of, you know, outsider or on the fringe of society. So... I think Thanksgiving, you know, we can't underestimate its ability as an event in our year to kind of, yes, bring us together, but bring us together around what? What do we do? We, we, we eat turkey, right? Like we eat these foods. But now, I mean, in our modern day, we watch football, right? That seems to be the number one thing that I noticed. Drinking is another big thing. But go Cowboys, right. go Cowboys. Right. So it's like, and I'm, I may be jaded because I'm not really the biggest sports fan, but, you know, I've always seen it as like a, a negative thing. You know, someone who enjoys sports might be like, what are you talking about? I love sports. I love Thanksgiving because of that. But in my opinion, you know, it kind of brings people onto this really low frequency of division, you know, fighting one another. Not, you can see a lot of great things from sports, accomplishing things, striving, you know, working hard, discipline. All those great virtues are there. But at the same time, there's this massive sort of rivalry psychology that goes on with sports. And I think that's crucial to the political games that they play on us, whether it be through the media or through global, you know, global affairs. It's yeah. part of the tradition and tradition is just a nicer word for ritual in my opinion. But I mean, dude, like there, there's something to be said about the, the, the football and all the competition that goes on it, realistically, most of these rivalries are pretty friendly. I mean, you, you know, you can you can be at a tailgate. Well, but you think about more, think about this time of year. I'm sorry to cut you off, but with animals, like to bring back the point of lowering our frequency, you see a lot of animal species uh, mate around this time of year. And what do they do when they mate? They clash. You know, they grow these big antlers all year, so that when mating season comes around, they could be the toughest, the biggest. And now all the young bucks who haven't mated yet, they sit around and they watch and they look and they're like, oh, okay. So I think there's a certain amount of that going on too, where it is, you know, like Andy was saying, kind of pagan in a sense, and, and maybe even like yeah. lowering our frequency because that that is a big part of like competition. It comes from that that ancient kind of need to assert yourself as a, a procreating, you know, well, male. sports go on, sports go on year round and baseball is America's pastime. That's the uh, Masonic game, right? I mean, you see all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, there, there is something, I think that you're partially right for sure. I mean, who's to say who's right and who's wrong about like what sports really <laughs> represent. But yeah, dude, I think that you'll find more often than not like the rivalries are all in good fun. There's not many people beating each other up over like a loss for a team that they don't even know one player on. You know what I mean? I wish the, I had but, my TV behind me. I could just like 
show you all of the Philadelphia games that have led to sure there's certain cities, <laughs> but how many people are in those cities and how many fights oh, are there? I you know what I mean? I like, but it's not just that. Like I was gonna say, like my one of my classic traditions in my family was watching my father and my relatives around the TV screaming at the TV or each other about a game. You know what I mean? But did they ever? It fight? was all in good fun. Yeah, sure, but but it's all in good fun. But it just like I mean, and maybe this is me and my own sensitivities or whatever, but it's just like to take a step back and look at that being our definition of good fun yeah. is just screaming about dudes in tights. And it's just weird. It's just always I, been weird uh, to yeah. me, but I, I used always, to play it too. I was the dude in tights until I took mushrooms. So it's, I mean, it, you know, I always <laughs> said there was something super gay about a grown man wearing another grown man's Jersey, like buying a Jersey <laughs> at a store in the mall. With I think like, you and I have talked about that. Yeah, yeah, it's super homo. I, and I got nothing against gay people, but it's just like these super like hetero dudes are like, hell yeah, dude! I got Brady's jersey on. Let's go! And like, yeah, but like, think about yeah, that Brady's jersey, right up here in New England, right for a long time. That made perfect sense. But guess what? He's not here anymore because the money was somewhere else. And like, when I started to get wind of that as a teenager, I was just like, oh, there is no home team. You, you yeah. know, it's all a yeah. facade. It's all a lie, just like everything. It's goofy. Else. Yeah. It Can is you so imagine if, if, Can you imagine if generals did the same thing? Like if Tecumseh Sherman was just like, nah, man, I'm feeling the North this time. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah, dude. They're gonna pay me more. Well, that's what the mob does. I mean, that's what they that's what they do, man. But you know what it is? It's a distraction for a lot of people, man. It's something that's like a somewhat benign, benevolent type distraction. It's just something fun where people and, and you know, they're finding a way to corrupt that. I don't know if you've noticed how popular betting sites are getting, but they are taking over sports and they're finding a way to take this like harmless thing of like, Oh yeah, let's see if the, if the team does good this weekend. And it's like, no dude, like you better throw some fucking money down pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like not a single thing. sports fan. I know just watches sports anymore. They have yeah. to do fantasy as well. Well, not to mention yeah. the the political the 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 political bent that that sports have really taken, where you've got all the Corona and the Black Lives Matter stuff always going in. I mean, that happened first with football, with uh, you know support the troops. You know, they never used to play the national anthem before football games. Before I want to say nine eleven, you know, or or it was like really? the late 90s. It was it was like they didn't, tele- they didn't no. televise it. Yeah, I mean the the yeah. the military industrial complex donates b- millions, if not billions, of dollars a year to to sports teams to to have the fly flyovers to televise the national anthem to do all the shows and things because it's the recruiting thing like what well, next time you're watching yeah. a game think about how many army ads you see and yeah, especially how sick is that and especially MMA. like the 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 more southern and dumb you are the more uh ads you get i mean those are the guys well, who join the army they, most that's of the time. who they want that's who like they go want. to a nascar go to a nascar race and talk about how that's not fun because who how many people actually watch nascar well, Only but also the- how many how many like people in the military drive vehicles that fast other than planes like you're not racing cars in the military but what you are doing is you are you know standing in formations you're learning to follow orders you know you're doing plays you you know you're learning all these tactics it's the same thing that happens in a football practice and then MMA I mean of course they're going to want those killers you know a part of the the armed forces so I definitely yeah. see the the and the crazies because most of the fans, <laughs> the most of the fans of MMA are fat fucks sitting on the couch drinking beer, yelling at the TV. Not, I mean, you know, 
there's not many crystal holding pacifists that watch football and MMA and things like that. Hey, you know hold what I mean? on now. I'm a, I'm a crystal holding guy who watched MMA. I have over. Wait, like, see, you left out the word pacifist. You said guy, you are a man. You would fight if it yeah, came down to that's it. That's right. I did yell at somebody <laughs> today who cut me off at a stop sign. I opened up my door and I said, F you, you asshole. So I was asking for a fight there. So yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. Pacifist. So pacifist. Yeah, there's certain types of people that just do not participate in those events. And even yeah. like, I understand, like, I've got crystals here in my house. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, so, I mean, maybe that's not the best example. I just find that it's, they, they are catering to people. That's why you see the military ads. That's why you see all this stuff. And it's, it's all aggression. I mean, like, they, they yeah. do feed into that stuff, just like, like the Bachelorette. And all these like feminist shows, Lifetime as a network, they play into that feminine energy. They try to suck in women. The Kardashians, if you've ever like gotten sucked into watching any of that ever, it is addicting in a sick way. It's not something that's entertaining, but you want to watch the dysfunction once it's on Jersey Shore. These kinds of dumb fucking shows where like someone puts it on and you're like, dude, what the fuck is going on here? That's kind of what gets you you watch watch it, but you watch it. You get sucked. I mean, I try not to, but and like when it's on. Well, that's why I, I brought up like the whole truth bombing people at Thanksgiving thing. Cause I've found over yeah, the yeah. years, what's so depressing is the banality of most people's conversations. No offense to anybody. There's a lot of people in my family that I love very dearly. And, and, you know, there's people in my family that are very smart, but at the same time, they, you know, <laughs> They talk about this stuff that's just like, yeah, oh, but it's relatable because we all watch it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you guys are all watching it. Like, have you ever, it's the same thing. It's like with sports, like step out of it and, and take a look at it. And how does it make you feel? And it is very superficial and it appeals to a very low, low form of, of human potential, in my opinion. And that's what. Do you remember when freaking Meghan Markle and Harry had their baby, dude? Everyone <laughs> yeah. was talking about that <laughs> right, shit. Right. As if it, it's like as if we're related to them or something. It's like, yeah, exactly. Who the fuck cares, man? Right. Kids are born every day. And like when like that's some if she Ryan, and that's even if she actually had a baby. Yeah, that's another conspiracy theory right yeah, there. She bought it from Hillary Clinton. That's what happened. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it's just so, it's wild. They had a and little like Haitian kid. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to like the, the, the commercialization of all these things and not only the commercialization, but the ritualization of these holidays, like Thanksgiving, you know, at the very, like, I think, I think Andy said it at the very least, it is a ritual disguised as tradition. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. You know, it's a time to get together with your family, to see people you haven't seen all year. You know, I always have a good time, get to see my grandma and my cousins and things, but, but it is a ritual and we have to kind of remember that and not get sucked into those uh, energy suck. Su- not get sucked into the energy sucking. That is the the ritual. And whether that, doesn't mean you can't enjoy the time or the, or the traditions, but I think you all made good points about it's just, that's not worth it. And another thing, and I, I don't really, I hate to bring this up, but talking about things that suck our energy, man, I, I, the, the Rittenhouse trial, I mean, I was watching that live stream every day at work, not doing my job, just like tuning in, seeing what was going on. 
And when the when the verdict when they announced they had a verdict to to announce, I my heart rate just went through the fucking roof. Like I for no reason, I was just like I could I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was like, oh my god, what is going on? And then I saw everyone like a Tim Pool posted that his heart like his smartwatch his his heart rate shot up to like one forty. And I was just thinking how many people were sucked into this and how I watched much. Yeah. I mean, I mean and there's I nothing wrong with that, watching like, it, but how many people had that energetic release all at the same time? You know, what kind of manipulation was that? You know, it took mm-hmm. me as I could, I think I'd smoke some weed and I was laying down to go to sleep and I kind of realized like, holy shit. Um, you know, that this was a huge energy trap, good or bad, you know? And so there's things like that, especially, and we don't have to get into the whole trial thing, but just things like that, that whether it be the trial or the Kardashians, your energy gets sucked out of you, whether you know it or not, you know, only if you let it, only if you let it, I'm telling you, man, I I treat, I treat like it consuming media, especially the news, the same way as I, as I talk about like my relationship to drugs, like it's not, you don't have to give it anything negative. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when the, when the Rittenhouse trial, like when that, when that was getting, I was just looking up at it, like, Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. I can't wait to see all this shit. These motherfuckers are going to be saying, and it's the same way with drugs too. It's like people have all this anxiety around doing it. Like, Oh my God, am I going to have a bad trip or, Oh my God, I'm going to have this hangover. It's just like, you know, just deal with the trip, deal with the hangover, deal with the fucking news. It's not, you don't have to give it anything. You can, you can just like exist Mm-hmm. And not because I feel like, especially in this community, a lot of people, they they talk about, you know, all this loose stealing stuff. And that, that loose is only taken if you give it, you know, yeah. you could just, uh-huh. just sit there like, you know, it's of course, you know, you end up getting worked up about stuff. I end up getting worked up about things like, oh, they're trying to take my civil rights. Yeah, I'm going to get a little upset about that. Exactly. But I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to get upset about someone going like, oh, well, people really died from Corona. And it's like, well, the, the death rates aren't fucking. It's like, man, you guys just need to shut the fuck you up. You got mad at me for saying turkey's not good because turkey is fucking good. <laughs> that's that's, that's the a real one. issue. You know what? That's enough, right? I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> that's the line. That's the line. But no, that's that's a good point. that is a good point, Jay. You're right. And I, I, it, it took me a day or two afterwards to kind of realize, oh, I did give my energy willingly to this. I had a guy on, on my show recently and he, cause I was telling about the, you know, how I was watching the trial and he goes, why, why can't you just like wait till the verdict comes out and get all the information like, you know, on the back end. And I was like, that's a good point. I, I definitely was putting too much of my time and energy into it. And I definitely paid the price on the back end, you know, with that nearly having a heart attack for no goddamn reason, other than that I was invested emotionally. Well, and and what's so, what's so hard about doing something like that is you're taking yourself out of the now you're investing yourself in a conclusion that's yet to come. And, you know, I think that's like the advantage of that attitude that that guest may have been trying to convey. It's like, you know, why not just find the information out when it's ready to be found out and just right. be present in whatever is most relevant to your direct circumstances, yeah. like get your it's almost job like a, done, you know? And it's well, almost like my a, point on the loosh thing is like when you take your awareness to that degree and you realize that, oh, I understand how this is working. Now, I, in my opinion, the loosh stealing doesn't work as much and you, you only get trapped in that like to jay's point if you allow it to because you know you're smart enough to a be listening to a show like this b you know or sitting here 
participating in it. So you're aware of, of how the world to some degree is working. Take that information with you from a neutral standpoint. I think that's what I'm getting from your, your point. And even laugh at it too. Have the courage to laugh at it because, you know, it's only as powerful as you let it be. And, you know, I think that's a big advantage to being this aware of how the world is you, you know, these psyops don't work on you. And you really start to see, like in the movie They Live, which was brought up earlier, how, you know, other people are affected. And, and like something like that will stick with them for a long right. time. And like they'll talk about the written house thing every day at work after, you know, it's already been said. Meanwhile, us conspiracy theorists, like we knew all the facts and all the details the day it happened, you know, and these people who aren't aware. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you so. Know, well, I mean, we at least had an idea of what was going on. We didn't know. Like, we know he didn't kill black people. But we were yeah, aware I have of it. A, I have a question. I don't want to let Rittenhouse go before I mention this. <laughs> go ahead. Does anybody, has anybody noticed that Rittenhouse looks exactly like Noah Posner? Yes. I don't I've see heard that he's I don't this. see it. I don't, you don't see it. I don't know. It. Who is that? Who's Noah Posner? I see it as two trans? I've heard yeah. that he's a trans it's one of the, person. It's, no, Noah Posner's, uh, that's one of the Sandy Hook kids. Uh, that's David Hawk. <laughs> You're talking about. Oh. It's just, it's, it, it's possible. <laughs> I just wanted to get you guys' take on it. Andy, why don't you think so? The only thing I have going for me is just I'm good, I'm good with faces. I'll forget your name a thousand times, but I'm good with faces. What about and the those, eyes, though, and the... And the you know I mean, it's like eyes? the only thing is like people can latch on to like, ah, oh, they're like very different in age. So yeah, that could totally be that kid. But I don't know there's, there's some similarities there, but there's just something about the eyes. I don't know. What, the if, eyebrows. All, what if all those kids in that school that will not be named, mm. which I did visit and it was strange how advanced the new version of that elementary school is with cameras and whatnot. But either way, what if this crazy theory, what if all those kids got recruited into some kind of underground project where now they're like CIA false flag operators well, dude, and they're going Kyle around had, doing stuff like this? Yeah. Kyle definitely had some like high tactical training. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he, he was doing he had, barrel rolls and pulling off shots with like an M4. Like that was crazy. I dude, said that from the jump. This dude was trained. It. Yeah. Yeah. Very at the very trained. least, at the very least, it's complete and utter horseshit. This kid just the sound stinks to high heaven with this, just like it, just like everything else on the most. And the, the and they yeah, now they're they're propping up that kid that was like standing there when the Native American was beating the drum last year, a couple years kid, ago. Yeah. So they're putting yeah, other man. like they're showing the news footage, like oh, this kid reaches out to Rittenhouse because we're going to showcase them becoming best buds it's and like, suing everybody, yeah, the, fucking yeah. each other. <laughs> And that whole and thing was I, stage two. Doing Step Brothers Part Two or something. And I it's always think that ridiculous. The tell is when you actually get to see them in extended interviews because they can't keep their shit together. You know what I mean? It's like watching reality TV, which is the fucking reason I hate watching reality TV because you pay actors because they're fucking good at it. So when you're watching like when you're watching one of these Sandy Hook parents like on you know laughing before the interview or they're like it was such a great hold on a second it was such a great kid. You know what I mean? It's like it's utter bullshit. You know, this small like like actors get paid a lot of money because they're good at it, and that's why that's why these guys make fucking reality TV. TV is because it's so cheap and you can tell the producers are staging they're staging the whole thing they're coaching them through them and and they want a narrative and a storyline that's why you have a bunch of bullshit like i think jenny's a really great girl but if i'm being honest and it's She's like kind you know, of a whore fucking, yeah you know but they don't and you know you know they're fucking full of shit and you know they're acting it's like you know, know what i mean i watch i watch kyle rittenhouse and that fucking that kid's acting 
That oh, see that foot on the you Tucker- see the foot go through the floor in the courthouse? You see that conspiracy yes. theory now? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's I, like, I saw a picture. Shit. And on well, Tucker, he was footage. he was holding back smiles on the Tucker interview. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh no, I was just gonna say, do we remember that one chick that died, like Petito or whatever? She was part of a video that was like promoting that whole SH shooting thing. Do you yeah. remember this? Oh yeah, the, same kind the of thing. Girl from the like the vacation kill, yeah, the thing. YouTube influencer that yeah. like died supposedly killed by her boyfriend. Right, she right, was right, involved right. with an SH like you know sympathy video, like to like You're a right. fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was involved with that. Did you guys hear the theory that the whole town of SH was a CIA town? Yeah, that was yeah, used for CIA listen, training. I believe yeah. I'll tell you it. Like it. Like As somebody who's been through there many, many times, because it's it's a, like a it's a little town. It's not big. It has some weird statues in it, like weird like uh, symbology. So I, I don't know. You know, I feel kind of like I haven't looked into it enough as somebody who lives thirty minutes away. But it's definitely like it's a strange vibe when you're in the town. And, and like I said, the, the new school that took, you know, cause they demolished the old one, the new Immediately. school. Yeah. <laughs> the new school is completely decked out with like top notch surveillance gear. So, you know, you can't even drive through the, the little, like you can't even do a U-turn in, in there without like a camera getting all you know, of your face and your, your no, I, I yeah, think it's that. a, I think it's a CIA, CIA controlled town and it's a CIA training school for kids. Well, and it's Same so- as Kenosha. Can you pull up Mark? Can you possibly pull up the city seal for Kenosha, Wisconsin? Check out the symbolism in this fucking seal. It's a Freemason city, hardcore. And like, you know, you have a few shootings that go down there that Jacob Blake kid, he was a black kid that got shot, just happened to be a criminal. Unfortunately, he was like trying to take his his uh kid even though there was a, a restraining order against him but pull up this thing if you're if you can dude it's the you've got to be shitting me look at that <laughs> that's the that's the city seal of kenosha wisconsin oh my it's got God. an eagle with a scale and the all-seeing eye come remember, on remember let's not put the symbolism into a negative or a positive state just like get back to that neutral when we were talking about before I think that applies to all the symbolism that everybody freaks out about. I mean, I think on a primordial level, these symbols well, yeah, are, on that are human point, symbols. On that point, a hijacked, lot of cities have you know? been started by Freemasons, too. So, sure, but, the, sure, but the symbol sure. here with the eye, yeah, definitely strange. I mean, but it also has, you know, balanced scales, you know, mm-hmm. not really a negative Justice. symbol. But, well, you know, my point being is like, you're absolutely right. Maybe Kenosha, Kenosha, Kenosha is one of them as well, but Newtown has a weird vibe and it's proximal to a lot of important places. New England has like a a real big history of like private, wealthy, institutional, academic schools. You know, they send their kids to really wealthy prep schools and then they go to the Ivy League schools, which I think six out of seven of them are in New England too, so... You know, it's yeah. it's just it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that Newtown would be a CIA town if we could prove that definitively. But who's going to risk that detective work? You know, I don't maybe not. Well, my thing I could give you plenty of books. There's, there's been a lot of stuff written on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. What about uh, what about what about all the mortgages being paid off? That was another conspiracy theory. Yeah. GE did that. Oh, by EG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. 
Oh, I could sit here for days on set. Are we are we going to be on YouTube? Is that why we're all saying SH? <laughs> I'm saying SH. Oh, no. no we could we could say Shh. Sandy Hook. I just kind of made a joke about See, it. Cuz it seems like cuz it seems like <laughs> it seems like, you know, that's an acronym for Shh, we shouldn't talk about it. But no, everybody should be fucking talking about that's Sandy good. Hook, dude. Yeah, like Sandy, I- Sandy Hook is that's that's not only is that serious shit, but that breaks open the whole thing for the for the 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 capstone events. That is run by the the DOH. I mean the the the, the, the fucking DOD. DOD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it breaks open just all of the 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 mass the the mass shootings, the fake mass shootings, what they do with the media, all the manipulation and stuff like that. Like, and it, it that particular event was so sloppy. It was almost like it was done sloppy on purpose. It's just almost so as it bad as the San Bernardino shooting. Yeah, I I just don't think anything is just as sloppy as Sandy Hook, like with the the Photoshop pictures and the you just can't make it any worse with that fucking with Wayne Carver, the uh, the the medical examiner, dude's a fraud, and it's like they're not even tra- anyway. We got was a, we yeah. got away from Thanksgiving. We got yeah, I'm sorry a, I brought up oh, the Rittenhouse thing. This is fine. Just as as a Kyle, I think that's why I was so connected <laughs> well, to it. Kyle's have gotten a bad rap for a long time. We don't just. <laughs> Drink monster and punch drywall. We also defend ourselves, and you know, I didn't want I didn't want Kyle's to take another L on that one. So yes. that, I think that's part, that's probably why I was involved, so emotionally involved. And I agree with all of you, and thank you for pointing those things out because I do need to hear that from time to time. I'm still young, I'm still learning, trying to uh, get my shit together. So I agree. No worries, Kyle. I agree. We, we appreciate and, you bring that up. And I was wondering why so many Sandy Hook memes had been coming up in my feed lately and i didn't make the connection that people are saying he that you know rittenhouse looks like one of the kids there which you know could be a stretch i mean kids change a lot as they as they age and i think a lot of like kids tend to look like each other like i don't know there's something about like being a kid like your facial features haven't really expressed themselves yet so there's probably more chances on an anthropological you know biological level that like faces would be similar amongst children rather than the adults. chubby cheeks the just, small just teeth being, yeah just being extremely skeptical this is not a place i'm very comfortable but you know i i'm totally comfortable talking about sandy hook and i definitely love to do an episode going in deeper on that because i don't want to shy away from it but i am a yeah, little i'd hesitant. like to be part of that one Mark. i'm a little Before, hesitant just because i'm yeah. like oh shit what if they come after me man like <laughs> uh, well they're Before going after we, alex jones right now i mean he's, he's getting fucked again for the sandy hook again and j6 he's getting he, fucked on all that he wasn't even the sandy hook guy right that's what Wolfgang, that's the fucking crazy Wolfgang part. Halbert, right? Is the guy well, who, he's he's the legit motherfucker. I mean, uh, Jim Fetzer, you know, and, and, but he he was like the main editor for the book. No one died at Sandy Hook. There was like thirteen authors, and then and he was brought to court for it by <laughs> Leonard Posner, Noah Posner's father. But my main point is like Alex Jones wasn't even the Sandy Hook guy. This motherfucker said it like twice on air, and he and it was just like it was kind of in passing or whatever like that. And they they choose to take him down over that. And it was just man. like oh, uh, he was yep, he was man. he was pretty aggressive from what I heard. I watched that show every day, dude. It's uh, he was pretty aggressive towards it at the yeah, time. but I mean, it wasn't like. It, it wasn't, wasn't his stories though. He was like cracking his ridiculous over he got, the top jokes yeah, about it. He got some bad information, but he was saying like, "We need to question these parents." Like he was like he he was saying that stuff, and he'll admit that even. There, you know there are I mean? plenty of shady videos where, like Jay kind of pointed out, you know, it it's off character for how you'd expect someone going through such a massive tragedy 
to be giggling and laughing. And sure. people say, like psychologists, like, well, these are things that happen when people are extre- experiencing extreme trauma. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't nah, know. I, I've, yeah, I've never laughed over lost. someone dying. Yeah, I've met people who have lost people, and I, you know, my grandfather died, and like I didn't giggle about it for a couple weeks. You know, like yeah, you can laugh about tragic for a things weeks. after. Well, you know what I mean. Like with time. <laughs> Come on now, Ryan. Don't jump all over me just because we <laughs> Come called on, you what out are you about the turkeys here. here. No, I know. <laughs> I know. No, dude, you know, I heard this great bit from a, a comedian where if they did like a uh, like a theme park ride of shootings, like school shootings, the last level, or like if it was a video game, the last level of it, you'd get to Sandy Hook and it's just a dark room and a guy's smoking a cigar and he's like, sit down. Let me tell you what happened here. You know what I mean? Like there's no simulation for it. It's just like... They're exposing the real shit, dude. I, I think that there is something there for sure. That's definitely a bit. I don't know if there's a punchline there, but I like it. Very interesting. Well, I didn't I didn't display the bit. It was just like <laughs> this dude like laying it out how there would be like a, a theme park ride mm. of uh, a school shooting series. And well, like, you know, yeah, you start in Columbine and then you go to like all these other ones, and then the last one's Sandy Hook, and it's just a that Brian Regan. Guy. I think that was Brian Regan. It's Tim Dillon. Well, it, brings, oh, okay. it brings to mind the the whole concept that like oh they have to like hint at what they're doing to kind of give yeah. like the onus the onus on us instead of them and then the karma falls on us for not doing anything about it when we had the evidence to stop them but you know i think wrapping up here guys this has been like exactly what i expected all, all over the place <laughs> fun uh, conversation thanksgiving dinner uh, i hope people took a few things from this to bring to their Thanksgiving dinner table. But if you guys want to go around and give your final thoughts and plug your shows, I think that'd be a good way to end it. I'm feeling a little drowsy. I did not eat any Turkey, but I will be eating Turkey. Well, not tomorrow, even though when the episode comes out, it will feel like tomorrow. Today is Monday and we'll be airing this on Thanksgiving. So enjoy some Turkey. Who's going first? Alphabetical again, Andy. You want to go? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I hope everybody has a great day, and and I hope it's just a day of relaxation and and enjoyment. That's really all it should be. It's just a day away from work for someone else. If you do, you know. But but yeah, I'm going to be putting out a bunch of episodes this week, so there's probably going to be some more content even on Turkey Day while you're feeling like death to like get lost in some crazy Tell history. Tell about stuff. the witness. The witness. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm putting out my four part series on altered states this week. Mark was part of one of those talks and uh, yeah, I think you're going to air the, uh, air it on your end. People, right? people you're have gonna... gotten a, a sneak preview of the conversation we had. I gave them like Sweet. the first 15 minutes, just like the intro stuff. Cause Andre and I were talking right before that was scheduled and it, it rolled in so perfectly so I hope people are excited about it if they did get that sneak preview. But yeah, that was a fun convo, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Th- th- thanks for being there. Yeah, I did paranormal encounters and near-death experiences, psychedelic experiences, alien encounters. So I wanted to kind of encompass like a bunch of different paths that humans can take to get to these very similar altered state experiences throughout time. And what I'm finding now that I'm releasing these four is that 
the topic can just go on and on and on. So I think I am going to start some sort of like premium channel or something like that and maybe have these kinds of conversations on the side, you know, to, to continue the talk about it. So, so that'll be cool. But yeah. Right on. That's all. Thanks for having me. It's been real. Jay? I'll no, go next. I, all I want is stuffing now. <laughs> Ron, we're going alphabetical. Jay? Yeah. So uh, thank, thanks a lot for, <laughs> thanks a lot for having me, Mark, man. This was, this was great. Um, I'm so happy that, you know, I, I, I put up a new episode tonight and when I opened up, you know, Apple podcasts, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. All the new episodes came out. It was deep share. My family did some crazy dangerous world. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, blah, 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 wicked planet. Big dumb putt. Like it, it's so beautiful to see all you guys putting out so much content. It's all so balling. My the only problem I have with it is that I can't keep up with all of it, and it makes me sad. And I truly love all the work that everybody's been doing. I've this Kyle. I've only I've only heard like one or two episodes now. Dangerous World. I've been listening to for a couple of months now, and I was very excited that you had me on the the, the Master Debaters Midnight Roundtable Monday, Monday Roundtable a couple of weeks ago. I'm just so happy that I'm, that I'm associated with you guys. It's been such a great time, and. and Andy, we got to get back, get another conversation yeah. going. You know what? I got to have, I got to have all you guys on the show and you know, it's uh, it's, uh, it's a very beautiful thing. I want you guys to have a beautiful Turkey day and especially you, Ryan. <laughs> hey, gun the head, gun the head, Turkey or prime rib. Both. Why can't you have both? But I'm going to eat the turkey. No, I'm saying one gun ahead, dude. Come on. Well, go ahead. Turkey. I'm going to have, I'm going to have turkey. Are you oh, serious? Prime, prime rib now, is never- Christmas, Ryan. Prime ribs Easter, never, you guys, come on. No one has culture. I had, I had, I had prime Easter. rib. I had prime rib tonight, and I'm having turkey tomorrow. So, fuck yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. I'm never gonna be able to look at turkey's asshole without thinking of Ryan again. Well, hey, I, you know, I appreciate it. Turkeys are a little too loose for me to fuck, but I would. That's the only way that I would. <laughs> Not with my dick. Oh, well, hey, you God. must have you must have a Pringles can, buddy, because Kyle. that's not going to work for me. Kyle, very tell nice, us, very nice Thanksgiving show, talk. <laughs> hey, I, I love I love the dick talk. It is very fitting of the big dumb. Mark, thanks for again for the uh, for the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah, check me out, uh, Big Dumb Podcast. My my co host is is having a baby soon, so he's just been real busy. So it's just been me for a while. But yeah, Jay, nice to meet you, man. We got to get you on the show, Ron. Got to get you on the show. And uh, yeah, for, for Thanksgiving, guys, just you know we talked about all these things that are lowering your energy. I guess one thing you can do is just try to really truly be grateful for what you have and what the things around you that bring you joy, light and happiness. So, you know, even if you're pissed off at your, your aunt or your cousin or whatever, give them a hug, you know, enjoy the the time you have because it's, it is short, you know? So yeah, just be, be, be grateful for this, this holiday. And I'm grateful for all of you guys too. It's great to be part of this community. Thank you, Kyle. Here, here. Ron. Oh, is Ron before Ryan? Yeah, the uh, O before Y. <laughs> yeah, Mark, uh, thanks for having me on tonight. I had kind of a rough go in the, in the beginning there. Things were a little busy around the house here. But but anyways, yeah, so I want to you know, wish everybody and all the listeners. I hope all the listeners are having. I know you got a lot of listeners. I hope they're all going to have a good Thanksgiving because they'll be hearing this on Thanksgiving. And yeah, so uh, people know where I am, right? I'm Ron from New England on Instagram and the Wicked Planet podcast. Come check it out. I've been so busy. It's a really busy time of year for me. So Buckley and I went on with the Rising from the Ashes guys last week thinking that we were going to do a swap cast and be able to put that episode out. But 
that didn't turn out like that. So that episode will be coming out in a couple of weeks, I believe. But we're recording tomorrow night, so uh, the listeners will get a new show. And as soon as we get past what we call crushing season, is is what we're going through right now, crushing season. But once we get past that, I'll have more time to dedicate to getting some more shows out. And, and all of you guys, I want to get together. Of course, I was with Ryan last night. We're on the Master Debaters. That was fun. And and I got to get together with all of you guys. And Jay, we need to talk about Sandy Hook. Because me and my co-host Buckley and our part-time host, Anonymous Sean, actually talked about that for about a half an hour today. And he brought up some of the things that you were talking about earlier, which which is very, very interesting to me. And I know it's supposed to be a touchy subject. It is what it is. But you know what? I think we can still talk about the conspiracy part of it without getting into any trouble. So anyways, uh, yeah, everybody. Anyways. Sorry. Nice to meet you, Jay. I I haven't, I hadn't met Jay yet. And Kyle, yes, we got to get together and everybody else will get together real soon. And uh, thanks for having me on Mark. Anytime buddy. Ryan. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me on Mark. Always fun talking with you. And I mean, I've talked with all you guys, man. Everyone's so cool here. As far as Thanksgiving goes, I would say make your written house feel like a written home this year and just enjoy yourselves. And, you know, be, be homely, be, be nice to people. And I mean, guys, really just check out all these shows, man. How to kill a sacred cow. You just did the episode with Matt, my buddy, Matt. And uh, so that's, that's the good stuff. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. He's fun, man. He's a, he's a good dude. Deep share, always killing the game. Wicked planet, big, dumb, every, everyone's doing their shit. And of course my family thinks I'm crazy. You can't, leave i mean i i honestly think that conspiracy theories are dying i think that they're becoming too mainstream and i think that what a lot of people are doing and especially like all of you guys you're talking about alternative history you're talking about different aspects of this when everyone's just getting into the conspiracy world so i think that that's really important when you have like you know fucking mainstream tucker carlson talking about QAnon. you're you're starting to really kind of branch away from that in a great great fashion and i think that's the move so i think that there's a big future for every one of these shows here and i appreciate being a part of every single thing so thank you guys and just support support your local uh, psychopath in this whole conspiracy world so thank you <laughs> love it can we do a it. big like alt media united unite oh, win and all our fists all our fists, no, fists guys, come together with guys, our power combined you guys and my rock. dick fits inside of a only a cornish hen not oh a turkey so I just and, and ryan is bringing up the dick talk after he all told us to be so you shit. know what you know what ryan I'm going to dedicate my first episode of Conspiracy Kitchen to Ryan because I because I'm stealing the show from him anyway. But I'm going to cook turkey on oh, the smoker. Just make a turducken. Make a turducken. <laughs> ah, I don't know how anybody would think that was any good. Like I do not like duck. Duck is greasy. And you know what? Throw like a duck. pheasant in there too. A pheasant turducken. You give me any bird, I'll fuck up any bird. You give it and to a me. quail. <laughs> Well, we're coming up on two hours here, guys, and all of the kind words that you guys shared mean so much to me, and that's why I asked you all to be here. It was a pleasure talking to you all. You all are exemplary men doing your own exemplary podcast, so it was a pleasure to get your own takes and opinions and perspectives on this this national holiday that I hope you guys all enjoy as well as the listeners, so Thank you for tuning in to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast or 
whichever one of this fine crowd of podcasters podcast Maybe this cornucopia would be the proper word cornucopia yeah, cornucopia of podcasters because i do uh, encourage you guys to put this out on your own feed on thanksgiving as well a nice thanksgiving swap cast so with that folks go to altmediaunited.com where you can find all of the podcasters here today and their respective podcasts and of course go to myfamilythinksimcrazy.com to support me and everything i'm doing Thank you guys for being here and thank you for listening wherever you are in the now, even if even if it's next Thanksgiving. Who knows? People might listen to this a couple years in the future on the Thanksgiving. So shout out to you in the metaverse listening to this podcast <laughs> 2030. 